It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, Fat Tuesday, yes. Of course, Christmas Monday, no show, but uh, Fat Tuesday following things up right here at PSPR Law Studios. It is SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. If you haven't downloaded it, it is a free worldwide app, and we've got a great show in store for you. Adam Rank, NFL Network, going to join me in about 18 minutes from now, and then my good buddy Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator. And a happy camper on Christmas Day as the Raiders take care of business. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But uh, the Violator will be joining me in hour number two. Producer Mark Hoke running the show as he always does Monday through Friday. And, of course, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays right here at PSBR Law Studios. Tomorrow night and Wednesday nights, you can catch me 1750 North Buffalo right there at Vegas Drive at Steiner's Pub, a 24-hour establishment, one of three in the beautiful Vegas Valley. Over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. That is Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, PSBRlaw.com. You can check things out. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice, and one of the best in the country as far as personal injury. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future, so always good to have that number. Jot it down. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 830. 830- Nine three five three eight three zero ninety three fifty three eight three zero nine three five three and a big time show. It's going to be lots of NFL football. Get in some bowl games as well. Got a little NHL update, NBA update as well. So let's get things rolling. Now the starting five, number one. All right, let's go right to it. The Raiders, baby. I mean, that was a big-time Christmas gift yesterday, and I was fired up to watch that game. And after listening to uh, Hondo Carpenter over on SportsX Radio on Friday night on the Friday football fiasco, he broke that down game. It broke that game down as good as you can. I mean, talk about prognostication. He said, what did he say? The Raiders' defense will punch the Chiefs in the face right from the get-go, and the defense will be geared to go. They are fired up. They are flying around practice. They are hitting with reckless abandon. And they will bring that game plan to Kansas City, and the defense will hold their own. Can the offense give them enough? Well, they did enough, and they didn't lose the game. And when your defense is playing that well, you remember back the Ray Lewis days, right? I'm not in any way saying the Raiders' defense is anything like that great Ray Lewis-led defense for the Ravens for many years. But you can see the tip of the iceberg there. For this defense, it has been that good. And yesterday in Kansas City, this team was fired up. They came to play the offense. They didn't lose the game. I mean, Aiden O'Connell, just 9 of 21 for 62 yards, got sacked a couple times. If I told you that stat and said he played the whole game, he didn't get hurt, those were his stats, you would look and you'd say, what, a 50.3 quarterback rating? Are you kidding me? And that's not even the quarterback rating. It was 12.1. It was unbelievably low. But again, sometimes you have to manage the game. And when you get two touchdowns from your defense in the span of seven seconds, you don't want to screw that game up. And the Raiders did not 
How about Zamir White? Because Josh Jacobs did not go, was not able to go, tried to give it a go in warm-ups, couldn't do it. So they scratched him. So Zamir White gets the start. How about 22 carries for 145 yards on the ground? Amir Abdullah, only two carries for 11 yards, but had a big seven-yard gain that got a key first down as the Raiders were trying to run out the clock. Trey Tucker came up big with a little end around. Jacoby Myers, three receptions, 42 yards. And that was it pretty much as far as the offense. Raiders win it. They hold off the Chiefs 20-14. to A couple big Carlson field goals and those two defensive scores. Raiders really silenced that crowd and never gave Kansas City the opportunity to tie that game up. That is big time. Meanwhile, Coach Antonio Pierce, well, he's going to be, I believe, the head coach. Interim coach right now, you're going to rip that interim tag off. Why? Because this team is fired up. They come to play, and you can see the defense. Again, you can build on one side of the football. You can tweak the offense in the offseason. Whatever you got to do, if you think you got to go get a quarterback, and Hondo Carpenter said, regardless what happens with Aiden O'Connell or if the Raiders somehow get in in the playoffs at 9-8 and eight, if they're able to run the table, you know, they're still probably going to be looking for a quarterback somewhere along the line. We'll wait and see how it all pans out. But right now, Antonio Pierce, 4-3 and three in his interim stance. He's got this defense playing great. Malcolm Kuntz was outstanding. Jack Jones, second straight week with a pick six. And the Raiders coming to play. Look, they're sitting at 7-8. and eight. They win their last two games at Indy, at home against Denver, 9-8. and eight. You roll the dice. We're in Vegas. We'll take a shot. Number two. All right, we got a big bowl game coming up in just a couple minutes from Phoenix. Yes, at Chase Field, home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Coach Barry Odom's got those UNLV Rebs in a bowl game. And against a very good team, the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas Jayhawks, of course, under Lance Leipold. What a job he's done since transitioning to Lawrence from Buffalo and this Jayhawks team for real. Meanwhile, they get a good shot in the arm, too, because running back Devin Neal says, I'll be back next year. We already know Jalen Daniels is going to come back as well, So, uh, and that's Jalen, not Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, of course, won the Heisman Trophy there for LSU uh, after transferring from Arizona State, but Jalen Daniels, who's been banged up pretty much this whole year, they'll go with Bean tonight, uh, Kansas will, in the bowl game against UNLV. We'll see how high scoring a game it is. Brad Powers said he likes the under 67.5. Last I saw it was down to 66.5. Keep an eye on that game, and uh, we'll see if the Rebs can indeed take care of business. Get off the schneid. They've dropped a couple in a row, but still playing outstanding football this year and trying to get to double digits in the win column. They can do it with a win over Kansas in Phoenix tonight. Number three. All right, let's just go, uh, well, where are we going to go now? Let's uh, jump over to C. Wynn, my good buddy Chris Wynn. What is he, a uh, Detroit Pistons fan? Like, he loves his Lions. So we're kind of going to make this the Motor City little uh, daily double for Chris. All right, because, you know, this Detroit Lions team. 0-16 back in 2008, and Dan Campbell, their head coach, he was on that team. He was a player on that team. Are you kidding me? But lo and behold, they came up big, and they have clinched the NFC North. They will host a playoff game, the Detroit Lions. My goodness, it's good to see. Look, they've had a couple close calls on both sides, close wins, close losses. But at the end of the day, they found a way to group together on Saturday, I believe it was, and take care of business, get the win. They'll go to Dallas for a Saturday game coming up this week. But they are in the playoffs. They are winners of the NFC North. Now, we couple that with the Detroit Pistons. Futility at its finest. Last I saw, the old Pistons were playing Brooklyn at home, and they were winning 97-92. 
as we get the update. 6.33 to go in the fourth quarter. Nets on a 7-0 run. 99-97 Brooklyn leads at Detroit. Remember those Pistons started out two wins, one loss to open the season. Since then, they've dropped 26 straight games. That ties the single season, most losses in one NBA season. Ties a couple teams there. But the all-time record's 28 over two seasons by the Hoaxers, Philadelphia 76ers. Will Detroit hold that record all alone tonight? We'll know in just a few minutes. We'll keep an eye on it. 99-97, Brooklyn leads at Detroit. 6.33 to go fourth quarter. Pistons have dropped 26 straight. We'll keep you updated. Number four. Now we're going to stay with basketball, NBA basketball. Let's go back to the association. And we talked about this young man hopefully changing his life for the better. Not on the court, because on the court he's a phenom. There's no question. One of the more explosive players in the NBA, talking about Ja. Ja Morant came back after a 25-game suspension to start the season. Three games ago, he opened up in New Orleans. Well, they won that game. Ja had a big fourth quarter, including the last six points there for the Pistons. They end up winning that game at the buzzer by two. They win their next two games. So from 6-19 to 9-19, 28 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds a game for Ja Morant. They're back in action, back in the bayou today. Who makes these schedules? I mean, they were just in New Orleans. You know, this is uh, four games ago they were there, and they go on to play two other games. Now they're back in New Orleans. They trail this game. It is third quarter action. We'll keep you updated. Josh struggling from the floor, but he is the NBA Player of the Week with those 28 points, nine assists, and six boards a game. Pretty impressive. See if he can keep it going. But more importantly, can he keep it going off the court? That's what we want to see. Have that young man. Take care of business. Be somebody that helps people out in society and not just all about himself. So far, so good. Number five. And then we got it out there. Yes, the old NCAA rankings are out as far as men's college basketball. And UConn took a big hit. You know, the big guy, uh, Klingon, out for three to four weeks. That kind of hurts. They're still sitting at number five in both the AP Top 25 and the coaches poll. Purdue still at number one. No problem there. Kansas at two, Houston, only undefeated team in the top 12. That is Houston's Cougars under, of course, Kelvin Sampson. Uh, They have nine first-place votes in the AP and seven in the coaches' poll. Arizona drops and holds at number four, but they suffer their second loss, a double OT loss to Florida Atlantic. The Owls, meanwhile, move up to number seven, seven spots from number 14. Pretty impressive game because that game went back and forth. And then when it looked like Arizona had it, they had overcome the Owls. Lo and behold, FAU comes back big time in that second OT and wins it against U of A. Let's uh, run down those top ten again. Purdue, Kansas, Houston at number three, Arizona four, UConn five. Tennessee and Rick Barnes at number six, Florida Atlantic at seven. Kentucky and Calipari's guys sitting at number eight, North Carolina for Hubert Davis at number nine. And Marquette under Shaka Smart rounding out the top ten. Let's go down from there. Illinois, Oklahoma, Gonzaga. BYU, Colorado State, that's 11 through 15. 16 through 20, the Dukesters at 16. Baylor, 17 under Scotty Drew. Clemson, 18. 19 is Memphis. And number 20, James Madison. Yes, still one of the unbeatens. Texas at 21. Creighton at 22. Wisconsin, 23. The last of the unbeatens, Ole Miss at number 24. And Providence rounding out the top 25 in college basketball. And that is a look at the starting five. Ken Thompson, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. And uh, hope you all had a great Christmas holiday. 
I know I did. The uh, family's been kind of under the weather. Uh, different uh, kids have been, you know, hit with the old strep throat, and then you've got uh, influenza, and just you never know. I mean, uh, these things going around this time of year, so be careful. And if you feel something, you know, best to get checked out, see if you need an antibiotic or what you need. But uh, want to make sure you're okay, and don't you know, don't hesitate as far as, you know, getting tested for anything or, you know, keeping an eye on your temperature, all that stuff, because you don't want to contaminate anybody else, right? You don't want to pass anything along. And sometimes we try to be discreet and, and, you know, most of us are, you know, hardworking and, and, uh, you know, blue collar going and busting buns every day and trying to make ends meet, right? So you can't miss work too much. So you're like, ah, I don't want, I don't want to know. I'll just forge through it. Sometimes you got to really, you know, consider other people, because I know as hard as you want to work and you want to stay active and you got to bring the money in, you got to make sure that you're not infecting anybody else. So uh, be careful as far as all that good stuff goes. Uh, meanwhile, got plenty of scores to report on. We're back in action as far as college bowl action. And we talked about UNLV. They're getting underway right now. And I'm going to keep you updated on the scores all night. Uh, two bowl games. One's in the books. The other one just about in the books. Bowling Green and Minnesota, 30-24. to 24. Minnesota gets the win and the cover. The game flies over the total. That's all I gave you. I gave you the over in that game when it was 40. Closed at 44-and-a-half. That was at Ford Field indoors. Brad Powers talked about that as well. The quick lane ball in Detroit. But Minnesota wins it under P.J. Fleck, 30-24. to 24. And again, another you know, analytical, brainless move at the beginning of the game. Minnesota trailing 7 nothing out of the gate. They get a touchdown. 7-6, right? Uh, let's go for two. Because that makes sense, right? Okay, first quarter, let's go for two. No, didn't get it. And look, they end up winning 30-24. to 24, But again, they left the door open. If Bowling Green comes down, gets a touchdown, kicks the extra point, you lose. Analytical genius. Bingo. All right, great stuff. Look, I hear you, some of you analytical guys. Hey, old man, shut up. You don't know. Yeah, I get it. In the fourth quarter, if you want to play Russian roulette with your extra points and two-point conversions, go for it. Okay, most of it's moronic stuff. Oh, we want to win in regulation. We don't want to work. We don't want to risk overtime. I get that too. If you're shorthanded or you don't have the momentum, but I've seen so many teams screw that up. They don't get the two, and then they need the two in order to force an overtime. So I don't agree with it. it. Is what it is. You can say what you want. You're probably the same folks that like starting the tenth inning with a man on second base. Not into it. Just me. Old school. Yep. Get off my lawn, old man. Say what you want. I'm a traditional guy, and really, every situation is warranted a little bit differently. just depends on what's going on. That's why it's not all about analytics, because most of these analytical guys, they don't even watch the games. They just crunch numbers, throw them in computers, and they say, hey, that's the way to go. But if you don't follow and you don't have matchups and you don't know the injury reports and the weather and all that stuff, good for you when you get lucky and you hit some. Unreal. Uh, Is what it is. Meanwhile, Texas State taking care of business. Rice is the opponent, and that game is in Dallas, Texas, and it's all Texas State second half, 38-21. Now, this game was 21-7, Texas State leading. Rice battles back, ties it at 21, late first half. Texas State able to go down and get a game-leading uh, field goal at the end of the first half on the last play. So they lead at 24-21. They start the second half with an onside kick, and it's one of those that they chip it, you know, about 15 yards and then Keystone Cops for Rice, you know, guys not calling for it, getting in each other's way. And subsequently, Texas State recovers. They end up going in, getting the score to go up by 10, 31, 21. 
and then Rice just not able to do anything. I mean, offensively, if they've got more than 50 yards in the second half, I'll be shocked. 4.20 to go, 38-21. Texas State going to win that bowl game in Dallas unless some type of miracle happens. But the Rice Owl is going to go down. Totals 59 in the game at the Westgate Superbook. It's sitting at 59. Now, it dropped lower than that at some places like Caesars and Circa, but it held steady at 59. So if you have the over, you're still going to need some points in the last three minutes and 30 seconds. And UNLV is on the board first. They lead Kansas 7 to nothing, 11-10 to go, first quarter, guaranteed rate bowl right here in Phoenix, in our, right here in our wheelhouse. I mean, we've got the desert connection between Vegas and Phoenix. KT knows both of those cities inside out. And UNLV has that 7 nothing lead over Kansas. We'll get you updated on how that score took place. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk some NFL football with none better than Mr. Adam Rank. Love this guy. He's a comedian, but he is outstanding. And nobody knows fantasy football better than the Rankster himself. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM KDOM. We stream live on the Odyssey app. We'll be right back. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. Jackson Brown on a Fat Tuesday. KT, Mark Hoaxman in the hits here. SportsX Radio rolling at you Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. You miss any part of the show, archives up by about 8.45 Pacific time. Got you right there. You can follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio on X. Or you can, of course, use that Odyssey Rewind feature, which is outstanding. And you can go back to listen to the whole show right after the show's over. Just use that Rewind feature again. Odyssey free app worldwide. If you haven't downloaded it, get with the program. Jot it down now. UNLV, uh, their touchdown was Vincent Davis, the transfer from Pittsburgh, the running back, a three-yard run. He's got four carries for 10 yards. But really, Jade Maeva, the freshman out of Liberty High School, doing a nice job. Jacob DeJesus, two catches, 41. And Ricky White has one for 13. Rebs up 7 nothing. just got the ball back, 11 minutes to go. First quarter down there in Phoenix at Chase Field. Yes, using the Diamondbacks, the representatives from the National League. I doubt that'll hold up this year with the Dodgers buying the entire league, but, uh, well, not even the entire league. I should just say the whole country of Japan, for the love of God. But the Dodgers looking like they are going to be the team to beat. But right now we're hoping the Rebs are the team to beat on the Diamondbacks field. 7 nothing. will keep you updated throughout the evening. We welcome in one of my favorites now with the show transitioning 6 to 8 p.m. a little bit ago, we're going to be able to get this guy more than not. And that's a great thing because I was always a little bit too late for his schedule. But when he'd take time, literally, we'd keep him for a whole hour, and that hour would go by, flying by. And you know who I'm talking about. Adam Rank, of course, big Chicago Bears fan. He loves the Vegas Golden Knights, and he's also a big Angels fan as far as baseball. Pretty eclectic guy and uh, comedian by trade. Of course, his wife doesn't always think he's so funny, but uh, KT is amused every now and then. Rankster, what's going on, buddy? What's going on? Don't put me in the uh, the realm of the Vegas Golden Knights. I was a fan of Jonathan Quick last year, but I would not <laughs> I would not say Vegas Golden Knights. But I'm uh, I'm appreciative of what they were able to do. They're not the Canucks, so uh, I. You know what I loved is the the thing that they would do with like getting guys knighted. Uh, my pal Chris Waterman, who works over at the uh, for Circa, uh, the D and the Golden Gate, and all those all our friends over there, um, was a I think he was a Canuck fan. By trade, and they got knighted. Like the whole, the whole uh, pageantry of being knighted, I think is one of the coolest things. And I think that 
other expansion franchises as they start coming into whatever league, regardless mm-hmm. of the sport, should follow the model of the Vegas Golden Knights and the way that they were able to do that. And, of course, if uh, you guys end up with the A's, which it appears that is going to be the case, mm. uh, hopefully bring some of that, some of that flavor to the, uh, to the ball club there. All right, so Rankster, you're a big-time Bears fan, and I've talked about that before because it is very difficult for some of us, especially if we grew up and have that tradition in the family. So, in other words, teams, old-school teams. My wife, you know, grew up in Wisconsin, so Packerland. You know, there's certain franchises, Bears. Are you kidding me? It is so hard if you rooted for them for any length of time to really change your allegiance in a sport like that. For me, I haven't been knighted yet. I do root for the Vegas Golden Knights. So my producer, Mark Hoke, who's a Flyers fan from Philly, and I grew up, of course, a Rangers fan, very, very difficult to get away from the blue shirts because so many games, so many years growing up, so many years following, and only six years now we're for the Vegas, here for the Vegas Golden Knights, and I know they have the Stanley Cup, and I don't want to be you know, the guy that jumps on the bandwagon, but I was there in Vegas, and I've been here now. Now, 23 years, going on 24 years. And I was here, you know, from their inception. So I followed them from the get-go. So you kind of feel like a 1-1-A. Yeah, you feel a little uh, a little guilty there when you're a Rangers diehard and you're kind of, you know, saying, hey, you know what? I'm all for it, the Golden Knights. And I am. And I'm very happy. And I'm very happy for the city that I call home. But I still don't feel 100% vested. So would I be knighted? I don't know. That's a great question. It's like me asking you, if a football team moved right to where you were in your backyard, would you get off the Chicago Bears team that you've been following since you were a kid? Well, you know what? It happened. I mean, with the, with the Rams and the Chargers, they, they came to town. But I think for football, it's a very difficult thing because for most of us, we don't go to NFL games. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't go outside of, you know, for work. I don't go to NFL games for pleasure. And I can't remember, uh, back in the, when I was a younger guy, when I was in my 20s, I would go down to San Diego to go to Charger games, living out here in Southern California. And those were always a lot of fun. But it's difficult. I think, like, for the, for the Angels, I go to a ton of Angel games. I go to Kings games. I do all that stuff. Like, you go to the games. So for the NFL, it's like it's a TV sport by this time. And so when the Rams came down, it was an interesting, it was an interesting dilemma for me because I had actually, you know, growing up in Southern California, I was born in Chicago. My parents are Illinois natives. And so, you know, they're all into those teams. And so when we're growing up in Southern California, I was able to like, my dad was kind of like you where, 1A, 1B, like he was sort of a Lakers fan. He was sort of an Angels fan, but still loved the Cubs, still loved the, the Bulls. And actually, he became, I remember this in 1991 distinctly, when the Bear or the Bears, when the Bulls were playing the Lakers, I said, where, which, which side are you on? Like, where are we going? And he's like, you know what? He's like, I've, you've made me a Laker fan. Like, this sucks. But he's like, I got to root for the Lakers. Like, that's, that's my team. And I remember um, some time ago, you know, before, before my dad passed, as I asked him, because obviously he missed out on Jordan's six rings and everything. I said, what do you, like, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you feel like I robbed you? And he goes, you know what? If it wasn't for Kobe, like, I would be really upset with you. But you know what? I got Kobe. He's like, I got Magic and I got Kobe. So that kind of, you know, overtook, you know, missing out on Michael Jordan. But it is a very difficult thing. Although I'm sure all the guys that you rooted for with the Knights, was it Mike Richter? Brian Lee, I don't know. I can't even remember who all the old Rangers were. The 
So uh, I don't know. Jump, uh, on, jump on board. No, yeah, you know what? And I go, I go way back. I mean, back in the day. I mean, this is this is like uh, way before because you're you're a youngster. So this is uh, before your time, Rankster. I mean, I, yeah, I still shoot the threes with the best of them with the kids. But at the end of the day, KT's been around for a while. So yeah, I remember Eddie Jockman and Jill Villemure in between the pipes. This is back in the day when Marv Albert's calling the Ranger games on radio oh and doing the Nick doing the Nick games on on radio, and it was fabulous. And and the Knicks haven't won it since '73, and the Rangers only have one cup and that was 1994 so really i mean one title between two titty uh, two, two teams that play in the city and uh, uh freudian slip there but two teams that play in the city uh that uh you know you would think being in the mecca like being in new york city that these teams are going to have an opportunity at least once a decade to get a title and when you look back 72 73 is the last time the knicks won a title and Ooh. 94 only because of messier did they get that elusive Stanley Cup that they hadn't won since 1940 prior to that. And, of course, growing up in the 70s and watching the Islanders win four consecutive Stanley Cups as an expansion team, it was, it was just brutal. So, yeah, it is kind of tough. But I'll tell you what, the Raiders, to me, are a team that I've always followed, always enjoyed, and I was like one of those guys that walked to the beat of my own drum. So I, I kind of always loved the Raider mantra. And to see that team transition to Vegas, I mean, I used to go up to the black hole and I'd hang out with the, the violator who's actually going to join me in hour number two, the guy that's made it into the fan hall of fame and the gorilla, oh. uh, who's a Mark Acasio, a great guy. And Wayne Mabry, of course, is, is, uh, the violator. These are great friends of mine, great guys that do a lot for charity, but you know, you look the part and, uh, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, Raider, Raider nation, Raider. Are you kidding me? Those Raider thugs, man. We can't stand those guys have no idea what a passionate, incredible fan base they are now trying to transition to Vegas. Vegas, and I think Antonio Pierce, straight out of Compton, is the right guy. Grew up a Raiders fan, and I'm telling you, we did a show on Friday night. It's called the Friday Football Fiasco, which you've been part of before. But uh, Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated, he broke it down. He said the Raiders are going to punch Kansas City in the face. They're going to take care of business defensively, and if the offense can do enough, they're going to win this game straight up, no problem on Christmas Day. And they got it done. The offense didn't do much. They did enough on that final drive to be able to get that clock run it down, got a field goal before that, gave themselves a 20-7 to lead and then 20-14, to but never gave Casey another opportunity, and they were all in Mahomes' face. They did enough. Reminded me a little bit of old-school Baltimore Ravens when Ray Lewis and the guys would dominate the game and say, Trent Dilfer, just don't lose the game, and the Raiders yeah. did enough yesterday. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pretty amazing performance, and I'm, I'm hopeful, and especially since the Raiders are still paying out John Gruden, and Josh McDaniels, that they will just make Antonio Pierce the coach of this franchise. It is it is shocking to me that they didn't allow Rick Blasaccia to be the head coach after he got the team to the playoffs a couple of years ago because that was like an Al Davis guy. You know, like that was one of the things that I always appreciated about Al Davis is that he always went for the younger guys, the, you know, the, the, the up-and-comers, guys like John Madden, Tom Flores. Tom Flores, who won more Super Bowls than John Madden. People don't understand that. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. glad he finally got into the Hall of Fame. And any time that I would run into Marcus Allen, I would always be like, why isn't Tom Flores in? I mean, it's, it's, it's like, like the Raiders have three Super Bowl titles. He has two of them. So it's nice that he finally got recognized and that he's in the Hall of Fame, and he certainly deserves it. But Lane Kiffin, you know, and John Gruden were two guys that, you know, 
they were young guys who were up and coming. And it was always, and not that Rich was a, a younger guy, but those were the kind of Mavericks that Al Davis hired. He wouldn't have hired a Josh McDaniels. Like I, I could have never seen that being a move that Al Davis would have made. And so I always thought that was a huge mistake. And I think that he's doing a, a, a Green Bay special teams are fine. But I, I thought that was a mistake. And I can't, I can't even begin to imagine them making that mistake again. So I think Antonio Pierce is going to do it. And it, and it, you know what? I, I really love what he's got to say. I saw him. Who was he interviewing with? Where he, was, he was talking to somebody. And he was talking about, like, how you can't hide in the locker room. You can't, like, you're, everybody's accountable. And, you know, he's not a player's coach, but he's the right coach, which was his exact quote. And to me, he impresses me. And I think that, you know, you, you see these, these assistants come in, but it's got to be the right kind of guy. And I think Antonio Pierce has that right kind of attitude. And I think that he's got something. And he's got, like, that Raider mentality. And so the Raiders being an organization that I've always admired, I, I feel like he's going to be the right guy for the job. And, you know, I, I think they do have a slim chance for the playoffs. But regardless of what happens, I think they have their coach. I think the next thing is going to do is uh, the, the next thing they need to do is, is figure out their quarterback position. And so they'll get some opportunity in the draft. Like I, you're in a point now where it's like, do you want to keep winning and possibly make the playoffs? Or do you want to lose out and maybe entice one of these teams like the, the Bears or the Cardinals to move back so you can get one of the top quarterbacks in the draft? That is great stuff. Adam Rank, our guest, and, of course, NFL Network does a great job. We're going to keep him for one more segment. But before we go to that segment, you said a lot there. And I'm, I'm good friends with Coach Flores and his wife, Barb. In fact, I make it to his house right there outside of Palm Desert. Uh, he's got a beautiful house right there in, uh, in La Quinta. And I uh, just love it over there, Indian Wells area and just – Outstanding Why don't we hang man. out? I have, a, I have a spot in India. You know this. We never hang out when you're in town. Okay. So listen. So here's what I'm going to do, and I'd like you to be part of it. We're going to do a special for uh, Coach Flores because he's getting up there in years. And I was at his house, Kentucky Derby Day. I actually watched the Derby at his house uh, with my wife, Christina, and his wife, Barb, and we were there. I had dropped off uh, about 12 cases, 12 uh, they're 24-ounce beers, but they're 12 cases. They did a commemorative Coors Light beer can with Coach Flores' picture on it. Now, they only sold them in Clark County. I had thought that they had sold them in Oakland and, and even in uh, the Coachella Valley, but they did not. So I went, and I went across to Lee's Liquor in different places and grabbed them when I'd find out there were three cases here, two cases there. And I compiled a bunch, and uh, so I dropped them off at Coach's house. I go, Coach, here. You, uh, you take these and, and you sign them and, and you keep eight cases for yourself and you give me six back and uh, we'll move forward. I dropped him off. I came back. He called me. He goes, uh, you know, a few weeks later, goes, hey, they're ready to be picked up. I drove back in from Vegas. I stopped, picked him up. He gave me eight cases. He kept six. And uh, I've still got about probably 70 of them. They're signed. 2021 Hall of Fame. Uh, Coach Tom Flores right there in perfect permanent black marker on the tw- I will give one of those to you, Rankster, for your collection. Ooh. And I got be- beautiful glass cases that go right over the top, and they're perfect to sit on your mantelpiece. And these are collector's items. They're only they're, they don't make them anymore. Nobody else has them. And uh, and I got those signed, so they are signed by Coach Flores. He is an incredible man. You're right. He won two Super Bowls, and Madden only won one. I told him, I said, Coach, in your heyday, can if this team moved to Vegas, I mean, you look like the nightclub. 
nightclub singer. You look like the pit boss. I mean, you're the perfect Vegas guy, Coach Flores. So when he went in the Hall of Fame in 2021, we flew out there and we were hanging out. And here's a quick story. So I'm hanging out. And of course, I followed uh, Peyton Manning and his whole career. So Peyton Manning yeah. and his family, they pull up in a minivan and it's at the Hilton Garden Inn over there in Canton because there's not a lot of great five-star hotels in that area. Yeah. But that's where a lot of the guys that were going in, Charles Woodson, I had talked to him earlier. And so hanging out with the Flores family and all of a sudden Manning comes by and I, I shake his hand. He's going up. I'm not going to be a pain in the butt. And I go, hey, Pete, followed your whole career. Outstanding. Nobody throws a football like you do. He said, hey, thanks a lot. Went and checked his family in. I'm leaving from Coach Flores and, and saying, hey, Coach, we'll meet you over at this place, BJ's. It's a big uh, you know, Raider festivity later on. I'll see you there with the family. As I'm walking out, Manning's going back out to valet because he forgot something in the minivan. So he, uh, he walks by and said, hey, Pete, you know what? I don't want to be a pain in the butt, but can I get a selfie with you? He said, sure, no problem, right? So I take the picture. I'm saying, Pete, thanks a lot. I take two steps forward, and he goes, hey, 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 you missed it. And I go, what I miss? What I miss? He goes, you missed it. You miss hit the button. I could get out of here, man. Come on, man. Take a sub, taking a hundred thousand selfies, right? Sure enough, if he didn't pay attention to detail like he always has, I'd have walked away telling people I got the, the picture with Peyton Manning and I'd have gone to my photos and I didn't have anything. He never moved. He stayed there, got the selfie. I've got it. I'll send it to you, uh, you know, after the broadcast and whatnot. But that just shows a guy that pays attention to detail and saw me screw up and miss hit and, uh, and save me. But I'll never forget this because I, I was hanging out, of course, with the Flores family, the most gracious family, beautiful souls, and love that man and that man is just uh unbelievable human being and the first hispanic quarterback to get in there the only one in the hall of fame that won as a player because he was back up to lenny dawson on kansas city two as an assistant coach and two as a head coach as you said mike ditka also as a player assistant and a head coach but only one the 85 bears as a head coach so uh great stuff look we're going to take a quick break we'll come back adam rank going to keep him for a few more minutes nfl network but we're going to get more of adam in the upcoming months we are fortunate that we changed our time slots we're able to get him sports x radio 101.5 fmk dawn streaming live on that odyssey app live from vegas we'll be right back KT coming back on a Fat Tuesday, and a little uh, Richard Marks, I believe that was. I don't know all the songs. Hoster sometimes spins. What? Good. I, I, you know, some sometimes. Oh, SOS band. Okay, sorry, I wasn't sure. I was going by the order you sent them to me, so I didn't know, and I uh, wasn't. Look, I. Every now and then I'll get them right. Every now and then I'll screw them up. Adam Rank does better than me as far as the music goes. Look, I know a lot of the old school music and uh, some of the uh, some of the other music not so much, but uh, is what it is. We're back on a Fat Tuesday, about eight minutes to go before uh, we get out of here. Seven seven UNLV and Kansas. Kansas drives ninety nine yards after UNLV had a great punt. Stuck it right there at the one-yard line, but the Jayhawks drive down. They've just started the second quarter there at Chase Field. The guaranteed rate bowl, all tied at seven, is a final 45-21. Texas State beat Rice that last touchdown by the Bobcats and G.J. Kinney's boys. Put that game over the total everywhere, including at the Westgate Superbook. No problem on covering the three-and-a-half. And the early game, P.J. Flex guys take care of business, 30-24, to knock off Bowling Green 
and take care of business in the quick lane bowl. So three bowl games. We'll get into all the bowl games for later. And, of course, the Violator, he'll draw, he'll uh, drop by as well, and we'll talk a little bit more Raider football. But Adam Rank, big Bears fan and NFL Network. And, Adam, what do you enjoy more, the, uh, the fantasy football or just the games in general? Or if you could do anything, would it be comedy? Because I know you're a big comedy guy. Yeah, you know what? When I was uh, growing up, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. That was like my thing, which is why I, I suppose if you watch NFL Network enough and if you're familiar enough with any of the things that I do, and I like love doing like sketches and things like that, it's, it's because I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live. But, I mean, my job is pretty awesome. I have no complaints about it. I like fantasy football. It's funny. I will tell you this. This season – I coached in the fall for the first time. Well, last spring I coached my daughter's AYSO team. She's uh, 8U, or excuse me, she's, she was 8U, and then we moved up to 10U this year. And so I would normally not do it in the fall. I did it in the spring, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to have time. But you know how it is with volunteers. It's difficult for them to find coaches. So I said, you know what, I'll find a way to make this work. I'm gonna, it's important. My daughter really wanted me to do it, so I was coaching her her 10U team, uh, we started off one, two, and one. And uh, we had a couple of brutal losses. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't growing great, but we finished with five consecutive victories. Uh, we took top of the table. As a matter of fact, in the, in the penultimate, no, it was, the, uh, it was actually the clincher, the deciding game, our opponent had just six players, and we had a full – side and so I walked up to the coach before the game started and I said how many players do you have like we just have six there was a girl who had an appendicitis another girl who had a broken arm so I'm like you know what I'm gonna go six two so we'll go six on six let's go see the best team wins so we won that we took our tournament as well uh, we actually swept that tournament without allowing a goal I bring this up because as my team won all those games so it was uh it was five six weeks my fantasy teams went into the tank. Like, we're terrible. I lost. Like, I was looking at some of my fantasy teams like, why have I lost six consecutive? I'm like, oh, that's right. Because my, uh, the Red Lightning, my soccer team, was, was winning all these games. And to me, that was the most important thing. So when I think about things like that, I love what I'm doing. I love watching football. I love fantasy. I love talking ball. I dig it. I really just enjoy it. Ken, you know this better than anybody. It's the greatest job in the world. But yep. uh, when you get an opportunity to coach youth sports, it uh, really puts into perspective what's really important, uh, what's really awesome. And so uh, that, that is what really, like, that's my, that's my thing, which I love. But I love fantasy football, too. No, there's no doubt. And I coached uh, one of my daughter's uh, soccer, you know, from the time she was four years old. And, and there's nothing like it. Like, uh, yeah, you actually do forget about those games and those spreads and all that stuff because yeah. you're focused in on helping someone, especially, you know, when you're uh, coaching one of your own. And uh, she knew, Kiara knew that dad was going to be harder on her than anybody else. There's no question. And it's not dad, it's coach on the field. And if you're late to practice for warm-ups, then uh, you're not starting. I don't care if you're my daughter or not. And she knew that and she learned that. And there's nothing like handing down that coach's mentality uh, to a young lady that gets it right away and knew the word blindside when she was three years old. So kind of cool. Uh, Let me get let me go rapid fire because I only have about four minutes, but I want to get your take on some of this stuff going on. Lions, Cowboys. We know the Lions are in Cowboys still showing that they have trouble away from home. They're back home. They're minus six against the Lions. Does Detroit have a little letdown after wrapping up the NFC North It's a big game for Dallas to stay focused knowing that they can still catch Philly. 
Yeah, absolutely. I know that the Lions could still conceivably, I think, have the number one pick. But this time of year, what you want to do is find the teams that have something like very important to play for, which why I thought was part of the uh, part of the reason why the Ravens were such a great option last night because they're still going for number one of the 49ers. I don't know. Like I know they have something to play for. They're still at risk for not having number one. But sometimes this time of year, look for the team that's desperate for the victory. I agree with you. Okay, Dolphins-Ravens, that's a great point. Here's a Dolphins team that outside of beating Dallas get their first win over a team over 500, but now you got to turn around, you got to go to Baltimore. Yeah, you get a little advantage rest-wise, but this is a Ravens team and Lamar Jackson playing at a very high level and the defense playing at a very high level. But you have Tyreek Hill, you got Waddle, you got playmakers, going to really have to open it up to move that ball up and down the field. Does Miami have a chance in Baltimore? They're plus four, total 47. You know, remember Jalen Waddle is battling a ankle injury, which could uh, which could keep him out of this contest. So keep monitoring that throughout the week. It is very difficult to win huge games on a Sunday or Monday night, travel back home across the country, and then still have that same kind of intensity. I think that people will overlook this Dolphins team, and I would expect I I like the Dolphins to to win. I I, I kind of like them to win. I think the Dolphins okay. might pull this one off. That is going to be a great game. I can't wait for that. Now, Raiders, off that great defensive effort, they go to Indy, and the Colts are still alive and battling. Colts are at home. Raiders come off a good, solid game. I expect their defense to play well. Can they get enough points to knock off Minshew and the Colts' offense? Yeah, I think this is a huge bounce-back opportunity for your Colts. I think they, they come out swinging. I think they need to get Josh Downs involved more. That's one of the things that ever since Michael Pittman has been battling his injury, they really, I, I thought they would turn it over to Josh Downs more. It just hasn't materialized. And hopefully with another full week with Jonathan Taylor completely back, that they can go out there and uh, get things done. I know this is time. I know this is the Raider country, Raider nation. By the way, Raider nation, the only nation I recognize. Whatever these teams come out, they're like, we're Patriot. Like, Shut up. Raider nation, the only nation. But I like the Colts in this one. There you go. That is well put, no doubt about it. Okay, meanwhile, uh, we got some teams that are falling apart. I mean, Bengals, uh, they played well enough with Browning to win a few games, and now they're going to be in Kansas City. But look at that Chiefs team. They are struggling mightily. And Kelsey, only one touchdown his last eight games. The uh, Swifties are tripping out. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it, just, it just goes to show how difficult it is to replace a player like Tyreek Hill. Last season, they got away with it because they had a career year from Travis Kelsey. Juju Smith-Schuster was also playing very well. So Travis needs to get it together. Like, he really needs to focus in. Like, he has, like, these uncharacteristic drops. He's making mistakes. And if he doesn't clean that up and turn it around, they're going to have a very quick exit. Like, I, I, I sincerely don't believe in the Chiefs. Like, I think that if they have to go and play host, like, they, win, they find a way to, to win the division. But if they play host to a team like the Browns, they'll get destroyed. Like, they'll get walked all over. So Travis Kelsey really needs to step it up. I would expect them to get it done against the Bengals, but at the same time, like, I don't really trust them all that much. Great stuff, Adam Rank. Listen, we'll have you back, my man. Now that I know my time slot is good enough to get you more often, at Adam Rank on X, follow him, the old Twitter, of course. 
He is the best, and watch him on NFL Network. He is outstanding, great charisma, and he is a funny man. And we are fortunate to have him here. SportsX Radio, hour number one in the book. SportsX Radio with the Violator, talking some Raider football, hour number two. Keep it right here, 101.5 FM, Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Producer Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back. Keep it right here, live from Vegas. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, hour number two, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, 101.5 FM, Don streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Ja and the Grizz in trouble in the bayou, down 13, entering the fourth quarter. They're off to a 20-13 to 13 start in that fourth quarter, halfway through, still trailed 93-87. He's got 24.7 assists. We'll see if they can keep it going. Ingram, 17 points, leading the way. For the Pelicans, 93-87. Pacers, 102-97. 9.48 to go. They lead in H-Town against the Rockets, 101-99. Bulls over the Hawks, 6.32 to go. Windy City. Thunder, 108-91. Cruising over Minnesota, still 9.51 to go in OKC. Uh, but they're taking care of business big time. Uh, Gilgis Alexander taking care of business with 30 points, six boards, and nine assists, leading the way for the Thunder. It is all jazz in San Antonio, 6.30 to go, fourth quarter, 112 to 99. Couple games still coming up. Kings and Blazers from Portland, sack minus nine and a half, 236 and a half. Hornets and Clips from L.A., and that'll be the Clippers minus 13 and a half, 227 and a half. Nets hand the Pistons their 27th straight loss. That is a new single-season NBA record. It's within one of the all-time record that went across two seasons by the Philadelphia 76ers, and trust me, if Detroit wins that next game, I'll be shocked because they're in Beantown to play the Boston Celtics on Thursday, so that should be 28 in a row, but you never know. That's why they play the game. Magic did beat the Wiz, uh, got past the Wizards 127 to 119, taking care of business in a big way. Nice effort by Orlando. Uh, Wagner had 28 points, 8 boards, and 9 assists, just missed a triple-double there for uh, Orlando, and we'll keep an eye on the association. Nothing yet in hockey till tomorrow, and of course, bowl game-wise, it was a good start for UNLV, 7 nothing, but 14 unanswered by Kansas, and the Jayhawks now up by a score of 14-7. to Jason Bean, 155 and two touchdowns via the airwaves, and both those touchdowns to Luke Grimm, two, two receptions, 66 yards in both the scores. Devin Neal, four carries, 25 yards, leading the way for Lance Leopold and the Kansas Jayhawks. Maeva, the youngster for UNLV, LV going to have to regroup, get the team to regroup as well. They got that first drive, but they've been silent since, and we will see if the Rebs can come back and get an answer. Still 11.07 to go in the first half at Chase Field, home of the Arizona Diamondbacks, 14-7, Kansas, and that is a guaranteed rate ball. SportsX Radio going to talk some Raiders football now with one of the best in the business, and I'm talking about 
one of the greatest fans of all times, my good buddy. He is uh, Violator, V57. He's got the V57 cigars. It's Wayne Mabry, my good pal. And, uh, Wayne, you know, when we wake up on Christmas Day and we're like, wow, there's actually Raider football on Christmas Day. That's good, but, ah, man, the team's struggling. Where are they? They're in KC. Oh, man, I don't know, KC. But you know what? Hondo Carpenter, when he came on the show on Friday night, who covers the Raiders for Sports Illustrated, was so convinced that the Raider defense was going to take care of business and punch those guys in the mouth on the get-go that he had me believing. And I was, like, feeling pretty good. And I watched that game on the edge of my seat. And I know it was Christmas. And I try so hard not to spray expletives on any day let alone Christmas, and I just, gosh darn it, I repented probably seven or eight times because I thought flags were going against us. In fact, there was one because I had the sound down, and I just saw the flag on a fourth down, and I was like, no, there's no way. And, I'm, and of course, they called offensive interference on Kansas City, so I felt like an idiot. But at the end of the day, I just repented and said, God, please, can we just get this one? Just let me win this game because I want Antonio Pierce to be the guy. He's a straight-out-of-Compton guy. He's a guy that gets it, and I really feel that he's the guy that can lead this team, start with the defense, will work and tweak the offense, but I feel good, and they get the win. How big a Christmas day was that for Wayne Mabry, the violator, and his wife Bertha to be able to enjoy Look, the holiday is what it is. Again, it's you and I. We're Christians. We love Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, that's first and foremost. We get it. But we still have faith, family, and then football. That third F falls right there. So I know it had to be fun over at the Violator home. You with me, bud? Wayne? All right. Well, Wayne, I, I, I don't have you. If you can hear me, uh, hopefully you're, uh, you're going to come across. So we'll try and get him. I believe he may have dropped off the line there. And all that great spiel, I hope he was able to at least hear all of KT's ranting and raving over there. But that was one of those games, really, where you're just watching on the edge of your seat. And I know a lot of you, you look, at the end of the day, a lot of you in Vegas – you grew up with other teams, and you heard me talk about that with Adam Rank. Adam Rank, of course, growing up a Bears fan, and it is really tough to switch allegiance, right? Even if you live in Vegas, you know, with the Golden Knights, you know, a lot of you didn't have that problem because you didn't have a hockey team. Maybe you weren't into hockey, and it's an expansion team, so you're there from the inception, so you're like, okay, I'm part of this team. For Raider fan, you know, they get it. Raider fans that are Raider fans, whether they're you know, anywhere that's uh, had the team in Los Angeles or Oakland or anywhere in California, you kind of get it. But Raider Nation, you heard Adam Rank say, look, Raider Nation is Raider Nation. There is no other nation in football. It's Raider Nation and everything else is a wannabe nation, but they're not. And so, you know, that's the thing. Raider fan from Fargo, North Dakota can fly in and uh, go to Raider game in Vegas. And I thought it was the perfect place for, you know, the Raiders to be. And uh, it's been tough because the team has not been winning consistently. And so when a team doesn't win, you're not going to get a lot of those fans uh, that are going to be there. All right, uh, Wayne Mabry is back with me. Wayne, did you hear anything that KT was spewing out about the uh, the game yesterday, or did I lose you from the get-go? No, you lost me towards the end. And first of all, brother, thanks for having me on. Happy holiday to you and yours and all the listeners. But listen, what I witnessed on Monday, that was my Christmas gift, unwrapped. 
win in KC and in dominant fashion. I'm telling you, man, it doesn't get much better than that. But really, that was a game that because the offense didn't do much, but they didn't have to really because when you get two touchdowns from your defense in seven seconds, I mean, of real, you know, of game time, it's mind-boggling. And that's the second consecutive game that Jack Jones, who came over from New England after getting cut, uh, the kid I watched him play at USC, and he transitioned down to Arizona State but had trouble off the field. But he came up big, and it was kind of fun because he actually dissed one of the Kansas City Chiefs fans in the first row like he's going to give him the ball and then like pulled it back, which was a lot of fun. But you got to have that fun because it's Raiders KC. I mean, it is what it is. It is a rivalry. It is a, uh, you know, a hatred from way back in the days. And they have dominated the Raiders. 11 of the last 12, they took care of business. But I'm telling you, Hondo Carpenter called that game perfectly. Uh, does, again, uh, you know, is a sport award-winning sports writer for Sports Illustrated for years and does a great daily Raiders podcast. And he said that defense was going to take care of business. That is the best game defensively, collectively, that I remember. And I'm not saying there's not games where there were more sacks or tackles for loss because you had four sacks, seven tackles for loss. Now, three of them were from Malcolm Kuntz, four tackles for loss for Kuntz and three sacks. And a lot of people don't realize because they don't follow the Raiders or really follow, you know, smaller schools as far as college football like KT does or like the Violator. We know that Malcolm Kuntz is from Buffalo, which, of course, is the home of Khalil Mack. And this kid, he went to Buffalo and you'd see the giant picture of Khalil Mack there. And he's like, that's my guy. That's my guy. I want to play like that guy. My goodness, yesterday he played like that guy. But like I say, Ken, inspiration is a powerful thing. And going back to the defense, we haven't seen that dominance since the 70s and 80s. And that's what I'm sure Raider Nation, any of the old school fans, that's what they were feeling. There was a lot of pain. There was some heavy hitting. And all you had to see was that picture of Mahomes' face knowing that he was under duress the whole game. That in itself was a Christmas gift, like I say, unwrapped. And and especially at Arrowhead Stadium. That and the fact that, of course, Kansas City, despite struggling in their games, they had such a nice cushion in the AFC West because realistically, we've underachieved, say, from the beginning of the year, but really the Chargers nose diving, and of course, both the Raiders and Chargers letting go general managers and head coaches in the season, which is a rarity that one team does it, let alone two from the same division. And then, of course, Denver comes out of nowhere and uh, wins six of eight games to get back to 500 before uh, before losing their last game. So they're in the same situation the Raiders are in with seven and eight, but you can feel the glass is half full with the Raiders. With some of these other teams sitting at seven and eight the glass is mostly empty and I'm feeling good regardless whether or not they could rally and things could fall well for them and they win their last two and they make the postseason that would be nice but right now I just want to see good steady defensive effort and then you know the offense do what they need to do close out strong play with the same emotion and the same uh, just vigor that they played with yesterday. I like to see it. And you know what? Antonio Pierce, he grew up a Raiders fan in Compton. And I'm telling you, straight out of Compton, baby, I'm all good with it because straight out of Compton, straight to Vegas, and Raider Nation is everywhere, and we are all feeling good on this Tuesday. Well, let me piggyback, if I can, off of your concept about the glass half empty or half full. With that Sunday's win, brother, 
mine just went up to three quarters. And here's my wishes as a fan. Let AP and Champ Bailey continue the journey that they've started because we witnessed a paradigm shift in the Raiders. So let that thing play out. Let them walk it out. Give them their own draft. Let them bring in their guys just like the previous regime had to, you know, the 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 wherewithal to do, bring in their guys. But when these guys bring in their guys, we're going to be hitting folks in the mouth every Sunday. And that's what we saw on Monday. No doubt about it. And Champ Kelly and, uh, and Antonio Pierce, that is a good, solid combination, no doubt, general manager and head coach. So I feel like Mark Davis has the guy. I was surprised on the plane ride home from Kansas City because I tweeted this out last week that I said, look, if we get that Christmas Day victory, you give Antonio Pierce the job. We don't even need to hesitate. We know that the guys are coming to play, and you've got a nice nucleus there. And when you have somebody like Max Crosby leading that defense and then a Robert Spillane that came over after playing for the Steelers last year, Spillane has been an anchor, and he wears number 41. And you and I, of course, know Phil Villapiano, who used to wear that number proudly. And it does kind of just remind you seeing that number out there, old-school number. And I'll tell you what, Jack Jones, he may have had his problems off and on the field in years past and maybe some other cities, but he looks like he's found a home here with the Raiders. And, you know, Antonio Pierce, while he is a player's coach in some aspect, he's still somebody that demands the most from you and expects you to do what he would do on the field. And that's why Marcus Peters is no longer part of this defense, because he didn't want to get dirty. And if you're not going to get dirty, you're not going to be on this defense. Exactly what I said before, Ken bringing their, their type of guys because Coach AP is a Raider, and he's said that numerous times. All he can do is show you that through his actions and through the actions of that organization. And that team has taken on that identity. We can't say now that that team doesn't have an identity. And I was guilty of saying that early in the season. They have found their identity. Smash mouth. Hit people in the mouth, make no apologies. That's the right away. There you go. And Nate Hobbs stepping up big time. He and Spillane both had 11 tackles. Both of them had nine solo tackles and a tackle for loss. But Malcolm Coons, six tackles, five solo tackles, three sacks, four tackles for loss. Doesn't get much better than that. Those are stat lines we're used to seeing from Max Crosby. Max, of course, had a tackle for loss, but he's a guy that gets doubled up a lot. So we'll take it. If he's getting doubled up, we need other guys to step up. Yesterday, we got Kuhn stepping up big time. Spillane and Hobbs doing their job. Uh, Robertson had a great game as well. And uh, Divine Diablo. I mean, it was a team effort. It was fun to watch. And the guys were flying to the ball. And then the offense, they did what they needed to do. Because, you know, when you hold a lead and you get those back-to-back scores in seven seconds from the defense, you're like, okay, we've got to expand on this. Somehow we've got to get this to a three-score lead. Couldn't do that. And when KC makes it 20-14, to 14, you're like, oh, man, we need a sustained drive. We need something going on. And we know we don't have Josh Jacobs in there. But how cool was it to see uh, Zeus, Zamir White, step up big time, 
22 carries, 145 yards, including the 43-yarder. That was big time. And then Amir Abdullah, he's the veteran. He's an excellent receiver out of the backfield, but he comes up with that big seven-yard run when we need it, six and a half to get that first down. That was key in the crunch as well. And uh, a total team effort and a lot of fun to watch a Raider game go our way, 20-14. to 14. Great win. Yeah, it did go our way, but I'm going to say on what you just said, brother, it's a team effort, and that's all three levels of the team. The whole 53, they came to play. They set the tone early. And like I say, I'm watching Mahomes as, as the camera was, and you could see his frustration just increase as the game went. But like I say, again, kudos to the coaching staff and allowing these players to come into their own and hit the switch. You mentioned Malcolm Coos. That guy is the guy that showed me that he appreciates not being cut from the team, but given a second chance. And he's taking full advantage of that. He is probably inspiring Tyree Wilson. Yep. That is a good call there. Yeah. Wilson, the youngster, of course, first round pick out of Texas tech and uh, has done a much better job when got moved inside uh, from defensive end to defensive tackle, and that is big. And when you've got other guys that can get around the edge, that makes sense too. And it is good to see that we're getting pressure. I love Bilal Nichols, the youngster that came over from the Bears a couple years ago. I mean, there's a lot of speed on this team, and there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of chemistry right now. And Coach Antonio Pierce deserves a lot of credit because he's got these guys flying to the ball. And that's what Hondo Carpenter said. He said, Wayne, it's not just like that on the field game day. It is like that in practice. And when guys are showing that time type of effort in practice, yes, there's a risk sometimes when you're turning it up that maybe you can get hurt just amongst yourselves, right? The old friendly fire. But at the end of the day, if you want to be prepared to play that way, the good coaches always say you play on game day the way you practice that week. Absolutely. And look, when we win, we all win together. And that's what you saw yes, I mean, on, on Monday there after that victory. That was a lot of Raider Nation's Christmas gift or our biggest wish, and that's been all over social media. We almost, I feel like we almost will that to be. But if the owner is listening or if he does later, Here's me as a fan just saying, lead the chemistry like it is. Let's move pieces where we need to, but that nucleus, we found it, and it's right there with the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm telling you, straight up, Raider Nation, uh, big step forward as far as I'm concerned yesterday, and Antonio Pierce is the guy I feel, along with Champ Kelly, that is your general manager and head coach. Yeah, there is no doubt that should be your daily Amen. double right there. Yep, that is Amen. good stuff daily right double, there. Baby. Yep, that is good let's stuff. Go, All right, real let's quick. Let's go get a Lombardi, Lynn. Let's go get that Lombardi. Yeah, let's, well, here's the thing. I mean, we got a game coming up against Indianapolis, and the Colts are still battling there in the, in the AFC South. Jacksonville's falling apart. We don't even know if Sunshine's going to be able to go uh, in this next game. And, and the Texans are battling as well. So a three-team race there. Uh, but really, I feel that if the Raiders play defense the way they did yesterday, I don't care who the opponent is. They're going to be in the game with an opportunity win, to win, whether it's home, road, doesn't much matter. And there's also going to be games that when the offense does click, if the defense continues to play like that, they're going to dominate. Your take real quick before I let you out of here on that game against the Colts in Indianapolis. You know what? 
they'll be in the confines of Lucas Oil Stadium. So the weather outside doesn't matter. Inside, it's game time. Let's go get it. Let's win these last two games. Go nine and eight and shock the world. There you go. That's right. I mean, you go nine and eight. Things can uh, the chips will fall where they may. You don't control your own destiny, but you may have an opportunity after this week. We'll see how things pan out because kind of almost everything uh, fell right for the Raiders as far as teams that we needed to lose did lose, but we still need some other chips to fall our way. But you know what? Right now, it's too early to even think about you know scoreboard watching. Let's just go out control our destiny as far as winning our last two, like you said, winning Indy, home against Denver, close the season 9-8, and eight, and if we make it, we make it. But if we don't, we close on a high note, knowing that they finish 6-3 and three under Antonio Pierce and that the glass is half full going into next season, and you got a nice draft, hopefully, uh, that you're going to be able to compile some good, solid picks, tweak the offense, get the offensive production up, uh, tweak the offensive line a little bit, get some depth, and then uh, just kind of you know, roll with that defense and uh, and see if it's where you need it to be and maybe add a piece here or there. But I like the way the D is playing. Uh, they are one of the more solid defenses. And on Monday, they were the most dominant defense of the weekend. As good as the Niners looked two weeks ago, the Raiders looked that good defensively yesterday. And I'm looking forward to it. Wayne Mabry, I can't wait to see you, my brother. You and Bertha, I hope you had a great Christmas. But I'm hoping it's going to be a great New Year. And I hope to see you in Vegas real soon before that Bronco game. You got it, brother. We look forward to seeing you. And uh, like I say, happy holidays to everybody that's listening. And that defense is setting the tone. That We're getting back to the old Raider way. Great stuff, my man. Looking forward to it. And, of course, uh, we're going to get together and do some things as well during uh, Super Bowl time. Going to get you out here. Hoping to get Coach Flores out here as well. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn Streaming live on that Odyssey app. Folks, remember, demographically, if you fall between the ages of 40 and 62, or I'm sorry, 40 and 72, 40 and 72, you know that we have the Preventative Diagnostic Center right here in our backyard. That's right. Dr. John Pierce, the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can give a call now. Leave your name and number. They'll get back to you. Set up that free educational consultation. You'll let them know Ken Thompson, Sportex Radio, sent you. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534 534- 7900 534-7900, 534-7900. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist, heart CT scan, and calcium score special. This is the best. Get your heart checked out. Make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. Guys, don't get blindsided by the Widowmaker. Ladies, you know, heart disease, number one killer of women, year in, year out, right here in the United States, it is the heart CT scan and calcium score, $600 value, $125, your significant other, absolutely free. The two of you get in their $1,200 value. Both of you get your tickers checked out for a total of $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. PDCenterLV.com. PDCenterLV.com. Go check it out. You'll see the scanner. You'll see some other FYI questions answered. And it is Ken Thompson. We take a break. We come back. You're listening to SportsX Radio right here live from Vegas. You miss any part of that show, archives up by 845. And, of course, don't forget my producer, Mark Hoke. He's got his own show. You like professional wrestling? You will love the Mark Hoke Show Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here live from Vegas. And both of us can be heard on the Odyssey free app. And, of course, they've got the Rewind feature. You miss any part of the show, just use that Rewind feature. Go back. Listen to the show in its entirety. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back. 
there's Richard Marks. Now I recognize that. KT not paying attention early in hour number one and uh, screwing up the old Just Be Good to Me SOS band. So uh, my apologies to uh, those that were paying attention. And uh, KT moving forward, thanks to The Violator, a.k.a. Wayne Mabry. Love that guy. Hall of Famer as far as in Canton in the fall in the fans section right there uh, when you make it over there. Uh, he was one of the uh, first fans to go in there, and of course, he's been doing it for better than three decades, donning the war paint and the spikes, and number 57 Raider jersey violator. He has the V57 cigars, does a lot for charity. He's a huge Raider guy for a long, long time, but I'm a big fan of Wayne Mabry and uh, the Gorilla, Mark Acasio, Captain Jack Rackham, Raider Homer. I mean, there's so many iconic fans, and Mark Jones does a great job working with the Black Hole and setting those guys and gals up for, you know, a lot of different functions. And again, they do a ton of charity work throughout the year, and so really fond of uh, Raider Nation, but really of the Raider fans and the super fans in general. Uh, Kansas City, or, I'm sorry, Kansas, 21-7 to over UNLV, and they're going to get the ball back off a punt. Uh, UNLV fortunate to get an uh, interception to squash a drive by Kansas, but UNLV got the first drive for a touchdown and uh, Vincent Davis getting in on a three-yard run after DeJesus, a couple big catches, and Ricky White had one. But since then, it's been all Kansas. And Maeva, the youngster out of Liberty High, throwing a couple interceptions. But they were able to uh, pick off Jason Bean. Jackson Turner came up with the interception for the Rebs. So right now, 5.03 to go in the half, 21-7. Rebs leading Kansas. They just punted it back to the Jayhawks, who have it on their own 30 uh, but they got to get more pressure on Bean. They've done a decent job as far as shutting down the run game. They've held Kansas to 41 yards on the ground. Uh, but as far as the passing, they have been stymied big time. And they're in a lot of trouble right now. They're going to have to uh, get the next score as far as I'm concerned. So we'll wait and see how that uh, does pan out. SportsX Radio coming at you again Monday through Friday and uh, taking care of business. We'll be back at Steiner's Pub tomorrow. First two up at the table uh, early on, and I'm usually there by and set up by right around 5 o'clock, but I'll get, I'll get there 4.45. So 4.45 or later, if you're one of the first two, come up to the table. I'll get you a free appetizer there, 1750 North Buffalo. That's one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South right there at Windmill and 8410 West Cheyenne, also on the uh, west side. Those are the other two. All 24-hour establishments. Got to be 21 and older. Incredible food. Love it. And, of course, Wednesday night, tomorrow night when I'm there, at Vegas Drive, be Stroganoff, baby. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. One of my favorite meals that they put out, and that is a special on Wednesday night. So uh, I will see you down there. And then Thursday, Friday, back at PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Uh, let's go to the scoreboard and just update some things going on. And again, we'll get to some of the overnights as well. Uh, I gave you those two bowl scores. Minnesota beat Bowling Green 30-24. to Win in a cover game goes over. And All-Texas State, they blast Rice 45-21. Win a cover in that game also getting up and over the total. Uh, let me move on down here because I'm going to get to some of the overnights as well. And, of course, uh, Brad Powers will be back on Thursday night to go over a lot of the bowl games coming up for this weekend and uh, throughout New Year's Eve and all that stuff, including the two title games, the two college football playoff games, so we'll keep an eye there. Uh, NBA, 
It is 103-102. Pelicans lead the Grizz. So the Grizz have stormed back. There's only five seconds left in regulation. New Orleans closing four-and-a-half-point favorite. So you're going to get the cover. The game doesn't go OT more than likely on Memphis. 229 your total. You need OT if you want the over in that one. Everything else is final except for the Kings Blazers, which is just underway. And 240 left in the first quarter. Kings lead it 27-24 in Portland. Hornets and Clips coming up from L.A. That'll be in a little bit. Clips minus 11.5. Total 226. Here are your finals. Magic 127-119 over the Wizards. Game goes over. The Magic cover the 7, winning it by 8, 127-119. Nets hand the Pistons. Loss number 27 in a row. New single-season NBA record. Nets minus 6, so that line pushes over there at the Westgate Superbook. Total 229.5. It ends at 230. Are you kidding me? 118-112, your final there. So you push on the side and the total within a half a point. It's just ridiculous. Uh, T-Wolves at OKC. Thunder, no problem there. Total 230.5. Game does get over. Hits 235, 129-106. Oklahoma City favored by 2. They get the win by 23. Big ones, one. 30 to 118 Jazz win in San Antonio minus three. They win by 12. Total 241 and a half game hits that as it hits 248. 13118 Utah Pacers on the road in Houston get the win by six. They were plus three as far as on the point spread, so didn't need that. Good little money line there on Indiana. How about this one? Total 240 and a half. Final 123 117 hits 240. Unbelievable. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is absolutely ridiculous. Bulls 118-130, they nipped Atlanta. They were plus 2.5, so didn't need it. That total, 238, believe it or not, stays under. Hits 231, 118-113, the Bulls get the win. Now, tomorrow, bowl-wise, we've got, uh, let me see, early game. That'll start up at 11 a.m. That'll be Virginia Tech in Tulane. That's a military bowl over there in Annapolis, Maryland. And that is Vatech now minus 11. Total is 44 as uh, that game Again, in Maryland, and I'm going to check the weather on this stuff, too, to make sure nothing's going to be inclement because you don't know this time of year. Uh, Also, the Mayo Bowl, Bank of America in Charlotte, and I wonder if that's the Duke's Mayo Bowl. I think it is, and I'll tell you what. I'm a big fan of Duke's Mayo. If you haven't tried it, it's absolutely phenomenal. I was asking my wife, I go, how did you you know this was so good? Because it's not just mayonnaise. You know, because I grew up on, like, the Hellman's mayonnaise and just the, you know, the regular mayo. Duke's Mayo, man, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I got to get them as a sponsor because I love stuff like that. So anytime you love something that much, you got to get to them and say, hey, look, I have no problem endorsing you because I love your product. So I will just say, FYI, give it a shot. North Carolina and West Virginia are in that game. West Virginia minus 6.5, 55.5. Mac Brown uh, depleted troops there for the heels. Uh, playing with uh, yeah, kind of like a pinochle deck, you know. I mean, uh, 48 cards is what he's got left there in the chamber. Louisville and USC. Louisville now minus 7. They were as high as 8 in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego. 58-year total, but uh, I did give out SC thinking that they'd had enough, enough athletes to hang with Jeff Brom's team. We'll wait and see there. And then also Texas A&M. Again, they're missing a ton of guys. And of course, they fired their coach, Jimbo Fisher. They're going to take on Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl at NRG Stadium right there. Houston, home of the Texans. Okie State, minus 354 the total. And Brad Powers liking Okie State. Look, I don't like Oklahoma State's like team talent-wise, but they win, man. I'm telling you, Mike Gundy just brings a winning attitude there. And they bond together. This team on paper and then on the field, really, didn't translate to that good a squad early in the season. But they put it together, and they're fun to watch because they play together. It is a team concept. And that's one of the reasons that I felt like, you know, Florida State deserves an opportunity. 
Because, again, we're just looking at it. You're taking them out just because their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, isn't playing. And you feel, as a committee, that they're not going to be able in a month to prepare for a game and muster up enough that even if they do win one of the games like TCU won last year against Michigan, that they may get thumped, you know, big time like TCU got thumped by Georgia last year. Look, that can happen. So what? You can't control that, but you can't keep a team out 12-0 and out of a power conference. You did it. And uh, shame on you. Uh, 76ers tomorrow play the Magic, and that game will be at OKC. Right now it is, uh, I'm seeing Magic minus 2.5, 2.24.5 is your total. Raptors and Wizards, it is the uh, Raptors down there in D.C., minus 6 against Washington, 239 your total. Bucks and Nets will play. Bucks minus 2.5, 2.40.5 is your total. In Brooklyn, I would take Milwaukee because they're smarting from the Christmas Day loss to the Knicks. I would think Giannis and the guys will be ready to play. Brooklyn, of course, has to travel back after the win against Detroit tonight. And uh, Detroit pushed them. And the Nets had to sweat it out. They did not want to be the team to you know succumb to that 26-game losing streak. They did not. And now it is at 27. Knicks and Thunder from OKC. OKC with a route tonight. Knicks coming off the Christmas Day win. Traveled. They were already there waiting. But the Thunder playing a good, solid game. But it's back-to-back for OKC. We'll see if the Knicks are ready. Uh, right now it is OKC minus 2, 239 is your total. Phoenix off the Christmas Day loss. They're minus 1 at Houston. Rockets off the loss tonight at home. May lose two in a row. Totals 225.5. And, and then uh, the Mavs off uh, Luka Doncic and his 50-point effort last night in the win against Phoenix. Uh, Luka and the guys are minus 4, 232 in Big D against the Cleveland Cavaliers. College basketball, uh, you've got a couple games tomorrow night, a real light schedule with Morgan State and Virginia. Virginia minus 26.5, 132. And Chicago State, remember that team couldn't win a game a couple years ago, not playing bad ball. They're plus 11 against Cal Baptist, who's been a disappointment for Rick Roy. Uh, Cal Baptist could beat them by more than that, but Chicago State's a team that they're pesky and they're going to try and hang around. Big slate in the NHL tomorrow. And, of course, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights are in Anaheim. Remember, uh, this will be the last of this little road trip, but they had a couple of days off for a little R&R. They're minus 226, your total, in Orange County. Then they'll come back Thursday with the back-to-back and play right there at the Fortress against the L.A. Kings. Kings are in action tomorrow as well. They're minus 360 at home against San Jose. Total of six there. Total of six in the uh, Vegas Golden Knights game. Calgary minus 150 at home against Seattle. Six-year total as well. Winnipeg in Chicago minus 236, your total. Colorado's minus 160, six and a half your total in Tempe to play Arizona. Detroit's at Minnesota. It is the uh, Wild minus 145, six and a half against the Wings. Dallas and St. Louis. I'll give you this. Alex B. Smith, he's awesome, man. He has nailed uh, it's Stars games. I think Stars games and maybe Blues games, but he has played over in the first period, I want to say seven times between those two teams in the last week and a half, uh, maybe two weeks, and he's hit six of them. So he played over a uh, goal and a half, and I'm giving that one out, at axsmithsports.com. Go get his hockey plays and the Ice Guys, a great podcast as well. Uh, but Dallas, minus 166 and a half your total. Nashville at home against Carolina. Hurricanes, minus 135 on the road. Six-year total as well, shaded to the over. Pittsburgh at the Island to take on the Islanders. New York, minus 125, six-year total. Boston's at Buffalo. It is the Bruins on the road, minus 156-year total. Florida at Tampa Bay. Lightning in Florida, minus 108, six-and-a-half, shaded to the over. So they're looking for a high-scoring game in those two Florida teams from the Sunshine State with the Panthers at Tampa Bay. Columbus at Joyce to take on the Devils. Devils minus 270. How about seven-year total? 
shaded to the under, minus 120. So if you think the uh, uh, two teams are going to go over that total, then uh, you're going to get a little plus money, and you got to lay the seven as your total. Ottawa and Toronto, that's also a seven total, only this one shaded to the over. So they're really looking for a high-scoring game with the Maple Leafs minus 170 at home, and then Washington and the Rangers from Madison Square Garden. Rangers minus 215, six is your total there. So that is a look at the uh, overnights as far as that goes. Remember, we got Thursday night football coming up, NFL. Jets and Browns. Browns playing outstanding football. Flacco has turned black, back the clock. And uh, how about Amari Cooper? What an incredible fantasy day he had. And for those that had him on their side, man, that was a great start right there with Amari Cooper over 200 and some odd yards and a bunch of catches, a couple touchdowns, former Raider, big-time effort. Browns minus 7, 36 and a half. And then uh, I'll get you the rest of the NFL lines and some other bowl lines as well. Remember, Brad Powers will be back to go over the games for Friday and all the way through outside of the national championship games. But he'll include the national title game at the FCS level with South South Dakota State and Montana as well. And we'll do that on Thursday. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. Again, follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, both of those on X, formerly known as Twitter. And, of course, you can follow Mark Hoke on his show as well, at Mark Hoke Show. H-O-K-E is how you spell uh, Hoke, of course. And then uh, his show is Sunday mornings, and that is 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. SportsX Radio, as you know, 6 to 8 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on K-Dawn and streaming live on that Odyssey app. We are live from Vegas. We will finish things up right after these words. Keep it right here. Singing songs and a carry inside. Mostly say hooray for our side. It's time we stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Little Buffalo Springfield to close things out here with Mark Hoke spinning the hits on a fat Tuesday tomorrow night back at Steiner's Pub. Ken Thompson rocking and rolling here. And uh, again, thanks to Adam Rank, NFL Network, and uh, the Violator, a.k.a. Wayne Mabry, Raider superfan, joining me here on a Tuesday night. 28-7 Kansas has opened it up with a 21-0 second quarter. Game was tied after... The first quarter at seven apiece with Kansas and UNLV. Now the Rebs have it back, 25 seconds to go. They just got a first down, and it looked like Ricky White actually caught the ball. I don't know if they're giving it to him, but it looked like the ball was pulled out after he went down. There was a penalty on Kansas as well. I'm waiting to see because if they give White the catch, there's a chance that the Rebs may be able to get at least three before halftime. It's 28-7, and uh, right now, it is all Kansas as they are taking care of business in a big way. Jason Bean has been solid. He is the backup quarterback to Jalen Daniels, who has missed a good chunk of the season. But Bean in the first half, 12 of 17, 274 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. And he's throwing the ball down the field. Average completion, 16.1 yards, as opposed to Jade Maeva, the UNLV quarterback, also 12 of 17, but only for 102 yards, six yards per reception and two interceptions. No touchdown, Rebs down 28-7. We'll see if they can indeed uh, get something going. They've got the ball on their own 48-yard line. They're at the end of the first half with 25 seconds to go. So it's been tough because Kansas has uh, dominated since uh, that very first drive when the Rebels took that 7-0 lead. So 28 unanswered for Kansas. Now some big games coming up NFL-wise, and it is going to be a very interesting time of year as far as on the gridiron. And I'm telling you, we talked about the Jets 
and the Browns. It is uh, Browns minus seven thirty six and a half. That's a Thursday night game. There is only one game on Saturday, and we've had uh, several games the last couple Saturdays. But that's Lions and Cowboys. Cowboys at home minus six fifty three and a half is your total, and that's going to be an interesting game because Detroit wrapping up the NFC North. Will they have a letdown? And I just have a feeling that Dallas is going to take care of business. Look, you know, Dak and the guys, they're playing pretty well. They have trouble winning away from home, but they could have easily won that game in Miami. Uh, They played well enough to win and uh, just didn't go well there at the end. So I think Dallas gets a win. I really think that it's going to be, you know, Detroit a little bit of a letdown. Look, uh, they still are going to play hard. Dan Campbell's going to get them ready. And look, they still have, you know, their sights set at maybe a miracle finish. They win their last two. You never know if the Eagles and, and uh, you know, the uh, Niners, you know, drop another game, right? I mean, it could happen. Nobody thought, I mean, I don't, I shouldn't say nobody, but most team, most people that I know, they thought that the Ravens had a great chance to win the game in San Francisco. Definitely a great chance to cover the six-point number, which is what it closed at. But there are those that say, no, Baltimore's a better team. Look, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's one of the most humble players. And I just like the way he plays the game. But I like him even better as a person, you know, in uh, you know post-game interviews. And it's not all about me, me. And he didn't he could care less about the MVP talk. He's like, yeah, that's all well and good. And then they're talking about, hey, the number one seed. And he's like, yeah, that's all well and good. But I've been in playoff games when we've been home before. And I haven't delivered so I just want to focus one game at a time, and I get it. You know, you just want to get back there, get that opportunity, and try and win and get these, uh, you know, these monkeys off the back, so to speak. And he's good enough, but he wants to win the whole thing because he knows Baltimore is good enough. Their defense is pretty darn good. Their running game is pretty solid. Look, they lost Mark Andrews, one of the better tight ends in the game, and they still continue to deliver. And I like Lamar Jackson. I think he's playing great ball in Baltimore. Give him credit. They took it to Brock Purdy in San Francisco last night. That was no fluke. I mean, they caused those turnovers. They got in his face. Look, some breaks went their way. But San Francisco, they scrambled. Now, San Fran never, you know, quit, and they came back. And, you know, and then Brock Purdy gets banged up, and Darnold comes in, still leads the score, and tries to get another one before he gets picked off. But they dug themselves too deep a hole, and it's not like they dug it on their own. They got a lot of help there from Baltimore digging that hole, so... San Francisco, not as great as we all thought they may be. And I've got buddies that are Niner fans, big-time Niner fans. They're like, they're already, they were already, uh, you know, they're asking each other what their ring size is. Uh, Meanwhile, UNLV does get a field goal on the final play of the first half from Paisano. 28-10, Kansas leads it at intermission. And uh, the Jayhawks, big favorites in the game, but the Rebs right back with a little momentum. But Kansas will get that second-half kickoff. In Phoenix, 28-10, Jayhawks taking care of business. Uh, Let me see. On Sunday, here are your lines for the games. The Saturday game, again, uh, Cowboys minus 6, 53.5 over at the Westgate Superbook. uh, Dolphins and Ravens on Sunday. Again, that's a big one. Ravens minus 4, 47. And you you want to think, I mean, and that's what people remember, right? Uh, They remember San Francisco being so dominant the week before, but they go home and they get riddled by the Ravens, right? So people are going to remember, well, the Ravens just beat, you know, the Niners in Santa Clara. Are you kidding me? They dominated the game. So they should for sure take out the Dolphins. Now, I am concerned if Waddle doesn't play because I really think Miami's got to be clicking on all cylinders to take out Baltimore, especially on the road. 
uh, Tyreek Hill, that's great, but you can double him up. If you have Waddle and Hill, it's you know a total game changer as far as for secondaries, that's for sure. Patriots and Bills from Buffalo. Buffalo minus 12, 41 the total. Uh, Falcons at Bears. Bears minus 3, 38 your total. And I like Chicago in that game. Again, I like uh, Justin Fields. Atlanta, you know, playing decent ball, but uh, at the end of the day, the Bears outside, I think they're going to be able to take care of business. Titans and Texans, big one for Houston. Don't know if Stroud will be back, if he's back. Uh, Either way, they've got to win that game. Uh, Titans coming off a nice effort. Derrick Henry with a little TD pass. Uh, We'll wait and see there. But Texans minus 3.5 at NRG, 42.5. Colts minus 3 against the Raiders, 44-year total. I'll take a shot on the Silver and Black State again. I feel that uh, the defense will do enough. Got to get in Minshew's face and can make some turnovers happen, and uh, that could lead to, uh, you know, some offense. Now, they didn't have much offense, but remember, you know, you got uh, O'Connell. He played his ball where? Over at Purdue. Where are they going to be? In Indianapolis, Lucas Oil. I think he'll be ready and raring for that game. I think the uh, Raiders will take care of business and win another one. Jags minus seven. Again, uh, Lawrence still questionable. Panthers, 38 is the total there as they come a-calling in Jacksonville. Jags on a four-game losing streak. Rams and Giants. Rams minus six, 42 the total. Look, the Giants played a good, solid game against the Eagles yesterday. They never quit. And uh, Philly ends up winning it by eight. But Giants uh, had an answer just about every time Philly was able to score, and they couldn't put the Giants away till the end. Eagles minus 10.5 at home against the Cardinals, 48-year total. Look, Cardinals are still playing hard, but the Eagles, they know what's at stake there. That should be interesting. Saints and Bucks, that's big. Saints lose, they're done. Bucks win, they're in. I mean, Saints got to take care of business. They're plus three in Tampa against Baker Mayfield, who could be comeback player of the year. 42 is your total. Niners are in D.C. to play the Commanders. Uh, Niners going to try and rebound minus 13 and a half, 48 and a half is your total. Steelers and Seahawks, this is a must win for both these teams. Uh, Seahawks in Seattle minus three and a half, 41 and a half against the Steelers. Bengals and Chiefs, Bengals need a win here. Chiefs are still okay, but it, as crazy as it is, if KC ever dropped their last two, and more than likely it's not going to happen, but if they ever lost their last two and the Raiders won their last two, the Raiders would win that division. Isn't that crazy? Chiefs minus 7, 44.5 is your total. Broncos minus 5.5 against the Chargers in Denver, 38.5. And six guys get knocked out of that uh, Circa contest there out of 10 because they had the Broncos just straight up to win. They're down 23-7 to the Pats. They come back, they tie it, and lo and behold, lose it in overtime. Packers and Vikings, that'll be your Sunday night game. That'll be interesting and tough blow for the Vikings. TJ Hawkinson out for the year. Blew the ACL. That hurts big time going against the Packers. Vikings minus two, 46 and a half. That'll do it for us on a fat Tuesday. Tomorrow night, again, back at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Enjoying uh, my time there as I always do. I'll start with the lamb chops, and I think it's going to be back to the old beef stroganoff card on a Wednesday night. Thanks to Mark Oak, my producer. Thanks to you, the listeners. Thanks to my guest, Violator, and, of course, Adam Rank. Till tomorrow, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, Don. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. I'm Ken Thompson. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.